Welcome to Living Water Radio. Some Christians have a reputation for being judgmental. Is there a sense in which Christians should be judgmental? Yes. Today, we're going to find out what that is. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Why is it that the one verse people can quote if they know nothing else about the Bible is, Judge not and you will not be judged? Sometimes throwing in a Jesus said or the Bible says for extra impact. Is the world so in fear of any moral standard that none are allowed? I don't think so. If anything, the world is becoming more puritanical and less tolerant every day. It just is using novel standards. We certainly can't judge who is going to heaven and who is not. Only God can do that. We can live a Christian life in such a way that we recognize when a person has stumbled or is taking the wrong path, though. C.S. Lewis once said, We all want progress, but if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the one who turns back soonest is the most progressive. Is it judgmental to point out to others that they are on the wrong road? One we may even know because we have taken it ourselves? Or would that be loving? Here's the referenced passage from what Bible scholars call Jesus' Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So, is that all there is? Karma? Do we live as Christians in order to not be judged or condemned? To earn our forgiveness and get a return on our giving investment? And in the end, do we all get what we deserve? Nope. That would be bad news. The good news is that God was in flesh and died for us. The great grace of God is such that we do not get what we deserve. Instead, we receive mercy. We don't live in order to get good things. We live in response to receiving them as a gift. It is part of the transformation living relationship we receive in faith from the one true living God, that is, the Christian life. Jesus, when confronted over his actions on the Sabbath, said in John 7:24, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. What do we make of that? I think that we see it in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he is speaking about the commandments in Matthew 5:19. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
We are to teach one another to live in ways that please God, but we cannot judge one another unless we are ourselves free from sin, which we are not. We are all sinners. All we can do is point out when we see others going down a path that is killing them, not in a superior or holier-than-thou way, but in a way that reflects the love of God for us. The commandments and other religious laws are not meant to be burdens, but boundaries that guide us to living a good life, as is God's will for all people. The passage above from Luke 6 on not judging is immediately followed by one that includes Luke 6.42. Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. I remember a colleague sharing an experience from when she had accepted a call to a church in a small town in Kansas. She attended one of their Bible study groups where they pretty much burned through the prefab lesson for the day quickly and then got down to their real purpose, coffee drinking and talking about members of the congregation. One of them mentioned that a teenage girl was pregnant and unmarried. She asked the pastor if she was going to do what pastor so-and-so would do and make her stand in front of the congregation and confess her sin. The new pastor said she would think about it, and the next time the group gathered, the new pastor said, I've looked through the church records, and it looks like about once a generation a girl gets pregnant without being married. I think having them get up in front of the congregation to confess their sin is a good idea, but before we do that, I want to call the congregation's attention to a much more common sin around here, and that's the sin of gossip. I think that those who gossip should stand in front of the congregation and confess their sin. All the participants looked down and stared into their coffee cups. Finally, one lifted their head, cleared their throat, and said, There wouldn't be time. We live from the inside out. We don't judge appearances, but we seek understanding and forgiveness. The French have a saying that is translated, to understand everything is to forgive everything. God looks at the heart, the true self of a person, including ours. It is from our true selves that our actions come, including our judgments. The next passage in Luke 6 contains Luke 6.45. The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. The Christian life looks like something, but it doesn't come from us. It comes from God. We have been transformed, and the law is now in our heart, and it tells us what leads to a good and righteous life. But our righteousness doesn't come from us. It comes from God. That is the life that we offer the world, a life that provides a superior alternative to the selfish, power-hungry, unimaginatively materialistic, vengeful, bullying, grasping of the world without Christ. Our life has been transformed. We are a new creation. We have been born again. But we are at the same time saints and sinners. Who are we to judge? I think that we can make a distinction between destructive and constructive judgment. 
Paul takes a harsh tone in his first letter to the Corinthians, a difficult church. Here's a part of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9-13. through 13. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral persons, not at all meaning the immoral of this world, or the greedy, and robbers, or idolaters, since you would then need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother or sister who is sexually immoral or greedy, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or robber, to not even eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging those outside? Is it not those who are inside that you are to judge? God will judge those outside. Drive the wicked person from among you. Those who don't get it are a destructive influence in the church. And yet, most of Paul's writings take on a conciliatory tone, as in Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We are judgmental when we point to ourselves as the standard. We are the people of God when we point to God as the standard, and our need for a Savior, who we have in Jesus Christ. The Christian life looks like something that is different than what the world values. It comes as a gift of God's love and grace. That is what we have to offer. If not, we have nothing to offer. We are to teach one another the things that reflect the Holy Spirit at work within us. Our genuine concern is always for the good of others, to help them get back to the right path, as we have been saved by Jesus Christ and helped by others. The Bible says quite a bit about how we should and should not be judgmental, about being gracious and putting the interests of others ahead of our own. In fact, that's at the very heart of the Christian faith. We sinners have been reconciled to God in Jesus Christ. Let us live as people who have been reconciled to God and share that word of reconciliation with the world. We are being constructively judgmental, when we humbly correct someone to help them return to the right path. It is how we show love for them. It is at the heart of what we mean when we quote Jesus in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, in response to those who say we are not ever to be judgmental. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church, 
Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available. And support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.